Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trini Sharp. I'm your host for the evening, as always. It is a pleasure to be back before you guys once more, one more week down. So I thank you guys for tuning in for another live segment. Last week, um, took some time off just to get some rejuvenations. And I'm learning, I'm learning that it's okay sometimes that to take some time off to get rest, especially when you are doing a lot. And, you know, I felt, sometimes I felt guilty for saying, God, I just, I need a day off. And sometimes God be like, no, suck it up and keep pushing. But there are times where God is like, no daughter, you need rest. So that is why we didn't do go live last week, but I'm back, rejuvenated, ready to share with you what God has placed on my heart continuing with this um, God loves God's love language series series that we've been continuing for over two months now and God has been blessing me and I pray that God has been blessing you throughout this series that you've been learning so much yes I'm learning what your love language is in the natural but learning what um, learning how God shares his love and expresses his love um, and also how we're supposed to reciprocate that love as well so I pray that you guys have been blessed with this series and we're going to continue it tonight. So let's say a word in prayer. We can get into review and get into tonight's topic. All right. There any father, God, we just thank you, God, for this awesome day. God, we thank you, God, for allowing us, God, to see another day to be in your presence. God, it's a privilege and an honor. Holy Spirit, I just thank you, God, that you chose me for such a platform as this to speak to your children, God, to speak life, God, to empower, to bring, to uplift the Father, God, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, whatever it is that, that your children need, that Father, may you fill every need, Father. And meet them right where they are, God, wherever they are at work, God, at home, their father, God, walking, their God, exercising, wherever they are, God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that somebody's life will be changed and never be the same again. Holy Spirit, I ask that, God, that they will receive salvation, rededicate their life, God, healing, God, deliverance, God, whatever it is, God, that's needed. God, I thank you, God, and most importantly, that you shall get the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, guys. So welcome, welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. For those of you who just tuned in, those are my followers on Instagram. Welcome to my followers on Facebook. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And also the listeners on the podcast platforms. We are available. For those of you that don't know, we are available on all podcast plat platforms. That is um, Apple Podcasts, that is Google Podcasts, that is Spotify, that is Anchor, and more. So please, if you don't have a chance to watch it, you can listen to it, you know, at your convenience. So let's get into the review. Let's get into the review. So we've been on God's Love Languages series. And if you don't know, give me a little breakdown before we get into it completely, is that Gary Chapman is the author of the book called Five Love Languages Series. Five Love, excuse me, the Five Love Languages. I'm talking about, you know, the series. The Five Love Languages. And they are quality time, touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts. Those are the five love languages, right? And so, um, if you take the quiz, which I'm going to make sure I post, you know, for you guys, I believe I posted it before, but I'm posted again. If you take the quiz, you have, you take a series, they ask you a series of questions and you're able to find out 
based on those series of questions, what your love language is. So when love languages, they're talking about how you give love and how you want to receive it. So it could be that you uh, give love by way of acts of service, which most of the time that I do, but you like to receive love with quality time. So that's why nine times out of 10, you have a, a what's it called, a primary and a secondary um, love language based on the questions that they ask you. So when God placed this series on my heart, you know, I've, since I've learned about love languages, I want to say when I, when I was in college about um, six years ago, and we, it was something that was just popping up in like all of my, most of my classes, we were taking quizzes, you know, in uh, most of my classes. And I was just like, wow, what, what is this thing about? And it was beneficial because even when you're working in groups and in my senior year, I did a lot of group projects. And if you ask my mom, I do not like group projects. Why? Because somebody's always left doing most of the work. Because and it's always a slacker who is, you know, feeding off of somebody else and they still end up getting an A, even though they didn't do half of the work, they didn't study, they didn't participate, they didn't give no money, no nothing. And I just I did not like group projects, but my last year really taught me how to work with teamwork. And it was important for us to take that love languages series, I mean the love languages quiz, so that we know how we operate. So that we know that, okay, is it words of affirmation? Do we, you know, what is our strong suit? What is our strong suit? So um, with that being said, God laid this on my heart to do this series. And he, sh he shined a light on it because he said, okay, number one, God is love. And so he created love languages, right? And so, yes, he placed it on Gary Chapman's heart in order to write this book. However, God is the creator of all things. So God is saying, listen, I need my children to know how I share love, how I, you know, share love with them. But I need them to know that I need that reciprocated back to me. Because what's been happening is that God has been doing all the giving and we haven't been reciprocating. And that is not a healthy relationship. A healthy relationship, whether it be platonic or romantic, it needs to be give and take, give and take. And that's for both ways. And God is saying that he was displeased because we were receiving from him, but we weren't reciprocating the love that he gives to us every single day, every single day. And so with that being said, God, God has been, I blow my mind because he's been, you know, doing his own take on this series. And I thought it was just going to be, okay, we just want to go through the five love languages and God is going to, you know, share, <coughs> share some things, some details about it. We're going to keep going. But we've been doing, we did a, a topic on a father's love. We did the last time we were, I was before you guys, the topic was first love and getting back into what, um, what it means for God to be our first love, to pick God first and foremost, right? So love, love means unselfish, loyal and benevolent, characterized by or expressing goodwill or kindly feelings concerned for the good of another, for the good of another. So that means that you know how to, you're expressing it. You have a concern. You have a concern for others. Language, language is communication of meaning in any way, medium that is expressed 
expressive, excuse me, and significant. So it's not limited. It's not limited to um, to talking. It's not limited to. It's not. It's not limited. Period. And you can talk. And we talked about that. We talked about how you can communicate through touch. You can communicate through sign language. You can communicate in so many different ways. You can communicate through writing. You can communicate through dance. You can communicate through song. There's so many different ways that you can communicate and express love. Express love. And that's what's so powerful about the series is that God is showing us how we should be expressing our love. And God is the fine example of he's showing us how to do it and he wants to do for us to do it in return. So last week, not last week, the previous week, we were on the subtopic of first love, first love. Doing a quick review, if you didn't get a chance to see last week's podcast, you can follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated on our Facebook page and on Instagram, I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect on there. And it's available again on all podcast platforms. So our last topic was first love. And what God was revealing to me is that, number one, just to break down that um, definition again, is that first means foremost and position, rank, or importance. And when God is talking about first love, it means that we need to have him in a, a first position in our lives, above everything, above everything. And that he's more, God is more important than any and everything. That if God calls on us, we literally put down everything else that we're doing and we call on and we go to him. So if God is calling for us to pray, we literally stop what we're doing and we go to him prayer, whatever it is. And that's the position and the mindset that God is calling for us to have. And in love, in this in this um, context, it means an intense feeling of deep affection. So we have put God first and foremost. And when we have an intense feeling of deep affection, that means that we love God so much that we choose to put him first. We choose to put God first. And so what we were talking about quickly is that what we need to be aware of in these last days, in these last days, things that can get our mind off focus, things that get our mind off focus and, and take us away from our first love is that we uh, focus on others' wrongs, but are clueless of our own. I'm just going over it quickly. And then number two is that we need to be aware of pretenders. Those who claim to be saved but are wolves in sheep clothing. These are distractions that take our focus because if God is no longer our first love, that means that we have put somebody else in that rank. We have put somebody else in that position and we have to be aware of that. Number three, we need to be aware of the fact that we're giving into temptation, indulging in the pleasures of our flesh. So in, in ways where God gives a way of escape, from our temptation, but instead of us, you know, taking that way of escape, we give into the pleasures of our flesh. Number four, we talked about the spirit of Jezebel, being aware of false philosophies and teachings. There are so many teachings, so many different religions that's happening in our world today. So many, and that if you're not careful, if you don't know the word of God for yourself, if you don't truly have the word of God branded on your heart, you will be easily persuaded, easily manipulated into believing these false teachings. But know the word of God for yourself. We also talked about what must we do to come back to our first love? Who is God? Number one, 
we have to repent. Once we have recognized that what we have done is wrong, and once we recognize that we are out of alignment with God, we have to repent. Number two, we have to listen and take heed to what God is saying when he speaks. When God is speaking, are we listening or are we just hearing hearing it and it's just going out the other ear? Or are we actually paying attention to what God is saying? Are we actually paying attention to what God is saying? So we have to, we have to be careful about that, about that, excuse me. Number three, don't fear the enemy. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Number four, flee from temptation. Flee from temptation. When God gives you the way of escape, flee from temptation. Number five, in order to come back to our first love, don't quit. No matter what trials and tribulations you are faced with, whatever you do, don't quit. And number six, we said that be intentional and consistent in prayer, worship, and reading God's word. This is how you get back to God being your first love is when you spend time with him. When you intentionally spend time with him in prayer, when you're worshiping him, when you're reading his word, when you're meditating on it. This is how we get back to God being our first love. So that was just a review of what we talked about last time. I was before you guys. But tonight, 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 our subtopic is, and I've I've been praying that, you know, that we get to this, you know, eventually, and I thought we were going to get to it sooner. But our subtopic tonight is acts of, acts of service. Acts of service. Acts of service. So, Let's talk about, let's talk about what breaking down this word, breaking down these words, which I love doing. I love looking up definitions and seeing what it is, seeing what it is that God is, is saying to us concerning his, this topic. So number one, X. X is, means, it means to take action. It means to take action or do something. It means to take action or do something. So you're not, if you are performing any type of act, you're not just going to be sitting still and just waiting for, you know, something to just fall out of the sky. No, you are, it's an action. Action is a verb. Acts is a verb. So you are moving. You're moving. You're seeing whatever it is that you can do. And there's no limit to what God would, would, uh, would have you to do if you trust them and if you are available. Not gonna get too ahead of myself, but if you are available to be used by God, He will use you. He will use you for His glory. What does service mean? Service is two definitions I have here is employment as a servant. And in the in the word of God, it um the synonym for servant is slave. And sometimes in certain in certain versions of the Bible, a lot of people <laughs> Oh man, I did not expect to go this way. But even thinking about slavery time, thinking about slavery time and thinking about how the masters, slave masters, how they use the Bible and they they omitted, they omitted certain scriptures out of the Bible. So it looked like um, so it looked like they had that black people had to be slaves. 
they omitted certain things. And because of the version, because the King James Version talks about how is how it's better to be a ser- a servant or not a best better to be a slave. And they used that and manipulated, manipulated black folks. Is it thinking that that's that was their calling and that was their destiny and that was they was supposed to be happening? And the enemy is so tricky how he knows the word of God, but he switches that thing around. And so it's nothing wrong with being a servant. Quite the contrary, God has called us to serve. God has called us to serve. So it's yes, it means employment as a servant, but it also means an act of helpful activity, help, or aid. So when you are a servant, essentially, essentially you are helping others. You are helping others. You're coming to the aid of others. That is that is showing kindness. That is showing gentleness. That is showing the fact that you are genuine, that you truly care about the needs of others. It's nothing negative about being a servant. So, with that being said, God first and foremost, God created us. And when I was doing my study time, I was like, wow, I never looked at it like that. That God created us Yes, he created us to choose him and to for us to worship him by choice. But God also created us for us for him to serve us. He also created us to, for um, for him to serve us because, as you can see again, it's an act of helpful activity, help or aid. God created us so that he could be needed, so that he can be needed. That's why God created us, so that we can truly need him, so that we can depend on him, so that we can rely on him. The angels, they willingly, I mean, they're they're pure, right? They don't don't need God. God created them, and they willingly serve him. They do it automatically. They automatically do it. But God want to create a people that needs him that depends on him. So acts of service, yes, is is a great way for God to express his love to us. And even thinking about acts of service for us is that those that have this this love language, they they look for any and everything that they can do to, to, to serve. I mean, they they see it before, they see it before you know somebody even says that out their mouth. They truly have a an eye to see the need of someone else, and it brings them pleasure to fulfill a need, fulfill the needs of others. It brings God glory when He fulfills our needs, because if you think about it, thank you, Holy Spirit. If you think about it. When we financially, when we don't know how we're going to pay our bills, when we feel, when we may, you may be unemployed and you don't know when you're, where your next paycheck is coming from. You don't know how you're going to, you know, your needs aren't going to be met. But then 
God blesses you and places your name on somebody's heart for them to sow a seed into your life. And that's where God gets the glory because you like, if it wasn't for God, it wouldn't have been done. If it wasn't for God, I would not be able to pay the light bill. I would not be able to have a roof over my head if it wasn't for him. And even going further, talking about your healing. And how you thought that you maybe had 30 days to live. And according to the doctor's doctor's report, according to paper, you were only going to live 30 days. But now it's been five years and you still have breath in your body. Nobody but God. Why? Because you have faith. You believe in God. You believe that he's a healer. You believe that he's a way maker. And that if anybody, if no, no nobody else can do it, God can. And only he can. Only him. So this is what acts of service that God has done for us. So let us get into now. God loves us through acts of service by breathing life into us. By breathing life into us. By breathing life, life into us. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, Amplified Version. It says, Then the Lord God formed that is created the body of man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, an individual complete in body and spirit. An individual complete in body and spirit. So when God breathed life into us, we were already complete. And I believe I, I broke this down a, a few weeks ago is that when he's talking about man, it's talking about not talking about the male as in gender. Man is talking about species, mankind as a whole. Male and female, male and female are mankind. So when God breathed life into Adam, he was breathing life into each and every one of us. So that's why when the word of God says, before you were formed into your mother's womb, I knew you. God knew us even before we were manifested in flesh. Even before we were manifested in flesh, before we came to life physically, God had already breathed his breath to make us complete in body and in spirit. That is the first act of service that God showed us to breathe life into us. Well, thank you, Holy Spirit. Even taking it back, His creation, God's creation is an act of service. Why? Because God gave us everything we needed. Everything we needed on earth, he created for us. Everything we needed, he created for us. Within six days of creation, he thought about us. He was, yes, he said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So he thought about us 
first and foremost saying, okay, they're going to need water. They're going to need sunlight. They're going to need to know the, the differentiation of night and day. They're going to need food. So let me create animals. So certain, um, certain animals are meant for us to eat. Fish, creating the fowls of the air, creating the amphibians, creating the reptiles, creating all of these things. They're going to need oxygen. So creating the trees so that it be fresh air. God thought about all these things. He thought about everything we need, needed. Acts of service. He thought about that. And after that, then he breathed life into us. Because once he set, once he set everything in place, he said, now man can be created. God wasn't going to put us on earth without making sure that we had everything we needed first. How wonderful is that? For the sake of time, go read Genesis chapter one and then the beginning of Genesis chapter two so you can read about God's creation. How powerful is that? For God to already be thinking about our needs, thinking about how to help us before he even breathed his breath into mankind. That is so powerful. So let's go to Acts chapter 17. Acts 17. Hello, everybody that's tuning in. I see you, Mama T. I see you, Teresa. I see you on here. I see Courtney, my mom, as always. <laughs> everybody will make sure y'all know that I see you. So let's go to Acts chapter 17. Verse 24 through 28 in the Amplified Version. It says, the God who created the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, because it is he who gives to all people life and breath in all things. He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands and territories. This was so that they would seek God. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. This was so that they would seek God if perhaps they might grasp for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and exist. That is, in him we actually have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. I mean, the word of God it's so mind blowing. I, I saw a meme earlier, or a video earlier, and how it was just like a quick video of how, you know, when, when you read the word of God, I mean, you really read the word of God, you be like, God, you did this and you did that. And you just be looking up like, wow, God. And just hearing some of the things that God said is just, it blows my mind. But going back to verse 26, it says, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and boundaries of their lands and territories. This is what got me right here. Verse 27 says this was so that they would seek God. Remember, I said earlier, why did God create us? He created us. He created us so that. 
he we will be needed by him. So that we will be needed by him. It says so that we would seek God. If we're seeking God, that means we have need of him. If I'm calling on someone, that means I need for them to answer the call. I need for them to, to meet me somewhere. I need for them, or even if I just need affection, or even if I just need a, somebody to give me advice, or I just need to laugh, or whatever. I have need for them, so therefore I seek. They said this was so that they would seek God. And it says, if perhaps they might grasp for him, and find him and find him when we seek god that means that we need we have a need of him and then god is saying here i am you found me he wants to be needed he doesn't need to be needed he desires to be needed big difference God could have very well just left the earth with just the angels and the earth being without form and void. But God said, no, I need to create mankind so that I feel needed. I desire for others to depend on me so that I can get the glory. And the end result, everything God does is so that he can get the glory. That is top all so that he can get the glory. He heals us so he can get the glory. He provides so he can get the glory. That is God's, that is God's focus. That is God's um, purpose. So let's continue on. So again, we are talking about we're talking about God's love. God loves us through acts of service. By number one, we talked about breathing life into us, breathing life into us. Number two, answering when we call on him. Answering when we call on him. What am I talking about? When we pray, when God answers us, that is him showing that he hears our cry and he meets our need. And when he, he meets our need. And it's not saying that every time we call on him, he's going to, to answer us. So let's not, let's not, you know, misconstrue what this is saying. It's saying that when God answers us, he's showing us that he's meeting our need. And even when, even, listen, the fact that, going back to the creation, the fact that God provided everything, all creation on earth. We already have everything we need. We already have everything. But there are certain times where we go to God and we have prayer requests and we make petition known unto him. Lord, give me strength. Lord, you know, help me in my mind. It's not even just about uh, materialistic things. Lord, give me a peace of mind. Him answering our call when we cry out to him. And this is a sidebar that when you, when we call on God, we have to take time out 
to actually listen for God's voice. I talked about that last time I was before you, is that we have to take time out to listen for God's voice. Don't just pray and just go about your business and don't and don't wait. Because nine times out of 10 is that when we, when we call on God, he could very well answer our prayer right then and there. If we take the time out to be still and listen for God's voice. To be still and listen for God's voice. So let's go to Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verse 7 through 8 in the Amplified Version. It says, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Excuse me, knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking, excuse me, and he who keeps on seeking finds and to him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. God loves consistency. God loves it when we consistently seek for him and we consistently call on him and we consistently try to look for him. And when we do that, say, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. That means that we can't be sitting over here, we pray for something and we don't see it happening, you know, in a week and then we give up. We can't give up just because it's not God doesn't answer our call when we want him to. It doesn't say it doesn't mean that God hasn't heard us. It just means that it's not the right timing for God to um, allow it to be manifested or for for a request to be um, granted to us. Why? Because it, it could be not the right season. We cannot be ready for it. And it's just all about God's timing. So we have to understand that even we call on God, that God knows what he's doing. <laughs> As he tells me all the time, I know what I'm doing. Like He knows what he's doing. So in, in moments where things don't go a certain way as, as we have intended it to be, God knows what he's doing. And when he answers our call, that's a reminder to us that he heard us. And that he's showing us acts of service. It's showing us that he loves us unconditionally. Number three, God loves us through acts of service by sending Jesus to sacrifice his life for us. God knew that we needed a savior. He knew that we needed a savior, so he sent his only begotten son to save a wretch like you and me. He knew, he knew that if he didn't send his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, we will spend eternity in hell. We will spend eternity in hell, and because of his unconditional love, he said, my children, they need me. 
and I need a savior to die for them, for the redemption of their sins. So let's go to Mark 10. Mark 10, verse 45. Also an amplified version. It says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I have to correct myself as I know earlier in the description I said, and I was like, wow, when I study even more, I was like, okay, I didn't, you know, it's, it's sometimes when you hear a cliche, um, you, you go with that and being ignorant to what's really true. But in the word of God, it says, for even the son of man did not come to be served. Pausing right there is that how I always talk about we must serve him. But God doesn't need us because, again, going back to that word serve, service, an act of helpful activity, God doesn't need us. He desires for us to need him. But also God wants me to also illustrate is that getting a little ahead of myself is that the way we serve him is by serving others. He doesn't need us, but we show our love by serving others. So in the word of God, it says he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. What is a ransom? It's a price. Ooh, a ransom is a price. You ever watch some of these movies where, you know, they had they hold people hostage and they say, if you want these people free. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you want these people free, I need you to give me a million dollars and they break down how they want the bills to be. And, you know, they want a certain amount of food and they want a house and they want this. And if you they give you a certain time for it to be done by. And if you don't do it, they threaten you that they're going to kill the people that they the hostages. So Jesus paid the price. For our sins. He was a ransom for many. He paid the price for our sins. How powerful is that? An act of service. An act of service. Hi, Melissa. How are you? An act of service. The way we serve God, yes, by serving others. Next one. God loves us through acts of service by, we talked about this a little bit, supplying, supplying all our needs. Supplying all our needs. Philippians 4.19 in the Amplified Version. It says, and my God will liberally, <clears throat> excuse me, and my God will liberally supply, fill until full your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I love how the Amplified Version says, supply, fill until full, fill until full. 
God will supply our needs until we are full. God will make sure that we have everything we need. That is another way. And he's our provider, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He was our, He is our help. He is our help. There's nothing that God won't do for us if we rely on him, if we depend on him, if we have faith, and if we are obedient. When we are obedient to him. So again, going over those quickly is that God loves us through acts of service by breathing life into us. Number two, answering when we call on him. Number three, sending Jesus to sacrifice his life for us. And number four, supplying all our needs. Now, what I want to say now is that God requires for us to serve because we were created in his image. Because as I said about this series is that God wants to demonstrate how he shows us love. And once we understand how God expresses his love, now we have a, a blueprint. We have, we have the, the prime example of how we need to reciprocate that love. So God requires us to serve because we were created in his image. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis 1. Through 27 in the Amplified Version. It says, then God said, this blows my mind already. Let us, who's us? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Let us. Make man in our image according to our likeness. Again, talking about the Trinity, not physical, but a spiritual personality. My God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, let me slow down. Not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. So pausing right there. One of God's qualities is that he serves us. He meets our need. He's there to be our aid, to be our help. So if God has created us in his image. According to his likeness, it's talking about his spiritual personality. God is not talking about his be physical because God is not a physical being. Jesus was sent in human flesh, but God, our heavenly father, is not in physical he is a spirit so when he said created in his likeness he's talking about his personality if god is a servant then we his children who are created in his likeness we should be servants he requires for us to be servants because we were created in his image having his personality, his spiritual personality, and moral likeness. My God, the word of God is so powerful. So powerful. So, continuing with the verse, it says, And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, 
the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. There we go again. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So man is talking about mankind as a whole. Male and female is talking about the breakdown with genders. He created male and female, mankind, to have his personality. He requires for us to serve. Why? So that he can get the glory. So God can get the glory. One of the quotes that I saw in my study time is that it says, good leaders must first become good servants. Good leaders must first become good servants. You have so many people out here talking about, oh, I'm a leader and, you know, I'm a trendsetter and all of that. You're not a great leader if you don't know how to serve. Or even another quote talks about, in order to lead, you have to know how to follow. You have to know how to be teachable. You have to know how to follow others. There's always somebody ahead of you that has been doing this, that has been walking the walk, talking the talk. If you can't be teachable, if you can't learn, then you can't be a leader. If you can't be a servant, you can't be a leader. And that quote was from Robert Greenleaf. So closing, because I'm closing here and there's so much more I want to share. But next we want to talk about um, more in detail. But every great leader knows how to serve. Every great leader knows how to serve. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 through 27. In the Amplified Version, it says, It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your willing and humble slave. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier of how those that had that had slaves then during slavery time, they used this particular scripture and they omitted and they omitted other parts of the Bible to fit to fit what they wanted from, from others. But anyway, going back to this. It said, it, it is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first, talking about being a leader among you, shall be your willing and humble slave. A great leader serves those who they are in charge of. A great leader, me, and this has definitely been teaching me because being a leader it definitely humbles you. It definitely takes you things that I wouldn't do if I didn't wasn't in charge of people. I do because I'm a leader. And so when God checks me on things, I have to humble myself, repent, take the correction, and fix it and get better. 
Even if I don't like it, I got to get better. Even if the advice is coming from, you know, friends and I'm like, okay, whatever. I have to go back to God and say, Lord, help me to be a better leader. That means serving. That means knowing how to serve. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your willing and humble slave. Or in other words, servant. So in closing here, it is you desire to be a leader, if you desire to help others, which we're going to get into next week, talking about characteristics of a leader slash servant, you have to know how to serve. You have to know how God and what way God is choosing to use you as a leader, because every leader is not the same. Every leader is not the same. Yes, you all, every leader is going to have the same characteristics, which I'm going to get into next week, those same characteristics. And just giving you a, a, a preview, <laughs> a preview of it is that you need to be humble. You need to be available. You need to be selfless. Just a few characteristics. You don't have humility. If you have pride in your heart, you can't call yourself a leader. If you're prideful, if nobody can tell you anything, you have to be humble. You have to be available. If you, if, if when God calls you in and you're nowhere to be found, he can't rely on you. You want to, you want to rely on God, but he, he can't rely on you. So again, every great leader knows how to serve. Ending with this, before I go, I do want to make sure that I offer the, the gift of salvation, excuse me, for those of you that don't know Christ. And as you was watching this podcast and you just, okay, I want to learn about love languages. And yes, it's a beautiful thing. But as I mentioned, God is the greatest servant the greatest example of being a servant. And one of these ways that I mentioned is that he sent his only begotten son to save a wretch like you and me. He thought about what we needed before we were even formed into our mother's womb. He knew that we were going to need to be saved. He knew that we we're going to need a savior to pay the price for our sins. And that required Jesus to die on the cross, to shed his blood. Why? Because Jesus was pure. Jesus is pure, excuse me. And it required a sacrifice. Jesus became the lamb of God, the sacrifice that God made. So that we now, when we accept him as the Lord and Savior into our heart, we now have the the privilege of having eternal life when this life here on earth is over. So if you've been looking for help, if you've been looking for someone to fill that void that is in your heart, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. 
So I encourage you to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior. He will meet every need, every need, whether it be financial, whether it be emotional, whether it be spiritual, he will meet every need that you have. All you got to do is accept them in your heart as your Lord and Savior. That's the first step. So if you're ready for that, I encourage you to say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner. And I need you, Jesus, in my life. I ask you, Jesus, that you forgive me of all my wrongdoings. I know, Jesus, that without you, I am nothing. And I thank you, Jesus, for making, for dying on the cross for my sins. And I thank you, God, for sending your only begotten son to make a sacrifice just for me. Thank you, God, for loving me in spite of my flaws and seeing that I needed you. So Jesus, I repent for all, everything that I've done and I confess my mouth and I believe in my heart to die for me and I accept into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me, wash me, make me whole, renew my mind. I surrender my life to you and I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer of salvation, welcome into the body of Christ. Welcome. Today is your birthday. Happy birthday. You are a new creature. All those old things are behind you. Behold, all things are new before you. It's time to move forward. One last call. For those of you that have had a relationship with Jesus, but you have allowed yourself to step out of the grace of God and to separate, get disconnected, you're disconnected from God. You no longer have a connection with Jesus. But the wonderful thing is, about Jesus is that he loves us so much that he's willing to give us another chance. And for some of us, he gives us, gave us multiple chances to get it right. I know for me, God gave me so many chances. Or it's moments where I'm like, wow, God, you still love me. You're still calling for me. You're still, you know, Chasing me. That's because he loves us so much. That he doesn't want to see us living a life in hell for all eternity. He wants to see. He wants to make sure that we know about him. That we know about Jesus. That we accept him as our Lord and Savior. So that we can live life eternity. So we can be saved. And forgiven for our sins. So whatever you did. Put your pride aside. Don't allow this moment to slip and pass you by. God loves you. And Jesus is waiting with open arms. Waiting for you to come back to him. He doesn't care what you did. When you repent. He will wipe the slate clean. 
and you have a fresh slate. Paul was a murderer. David was also a murderer. So if you think about it, if God forgave them, and they were mighty men of God in the word of God, God forgave them, he would do the same for you. So I encourage you to say this prayer of rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I admit that I was wrong and I made the wrong decision from stepping from out of your grace. Jesus, I ask that you come back into my life and be my Lord and Savior once again. I realize that without you, I'm nothing. And I need you more in my life than I ever did before. So Jesus, thank you for giving me another chance to get it right. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for transforming me. Thank you for renewing my mind once again. I surrender myself to you for real this time. And I'm not turning back. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer rededication, welcome back into the body of Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. You are forgiven. I encourage you to forgive yourself because the enemy has to convince us that God hasn't forgiven us. And he tries to bring the spirit of shame on our lives. But I come against it right now. Know that God has forgiven you. And forgive yourself. And allow God to direct your path. And allow you to move forward. So I pray that you guys were encouraged and uplifted tonight. Make sure you follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated on Facebook, I am Perfectly Perfect Incorporated on our Facebook page. On Instagram, we are I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect. And we are available on all, everybody say all, podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. So make sure you stay in tune for that. We will be back next week for another live segment. We're going to continue these series. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss the continuation of this series because you never know. You never know what God is going to place on my heart. So until next time on A Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Have a great night.